Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody, it is reunion time on the Tuesday podcast. The band is back together, Sean. No Max Baltman today. Thank God. No Joe Smith or whoever. <laughs> yeah, it was whoever just Max. Would... Okay. Only, only Max said no this time. Or said yes this time. It's Craig Custance joined by Sean Ooh. Gentile on the Tuesday American edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Your favorite day of the week. Mm-hmm. And boy, is this a good show. I mean, maybe our best yet. I mean, we haven't recorded two-thirds of it, but I can already feel it. It's in the air. The best part is the second segment, because we have Marion Hossa. Because it's Marion Hossa week at The Athletic this week. <laughs> Marion Hossa uh-huh. joins um, to answer all the... This was... If you want to know what this interview was like, it was all the questions Sean and I have ever had for Marion Hossa, and we had him captive on Zoom. We're like, he's here to promote a book, so he has to answer whatever we say. And it was great fun. Were you surprised to see that he wrote a book? How about that? As someone who was around Hosa a lot, like did he seem like first thing? Not to, but I was like, of all the athletes I've ever covered, he's pretty far down. People I expected to want to tell the tales of his career. (laughs) Uh, Did Scott Powers like bully him into it or something? I think we tried to get into that. Honestly, like, (laughs) is this a Powers? Does he got? Does he have dirt on you, man? How did this happen? But he's like, it, it, again, I don't want to give away from the interview, yeah. but then he just would randomly drop things like, yeah, I wrote a book, then I, you know, I did a different version, you know, for home. And also, I'm in charge, I've started a company and I have 250 employees. And that's when I was like, maybe I didn't know Marion Hosa as well as I thought I did. Yeah, Covering that's, him. that's what, that's what tipped that's you what, off. So, you know, Craig, I, I never, I never thought of it. Sometimes you got. We just don't know these guys, you know. <laughs> this is this is a positive example. Never, of maybe this maybe this guy isn't who I thought he guy, was. Versus the a thousand examples where you're like, oh, this is a terrible human being that I liked. This is the outlier where like Marion Hosa turned out to be more interesting than we thought, as opposed to some kind of monster or sex pest or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. So 
Good so we'll him. take the wins where we can and <laughs> enjoy it. And it was great. Like it was just, it was fun because, um, I, you know, Marion was the first hockey team I ever covered. I think one of the first interviews I ever did, actually, I, I, I remember it. I was sent as like a kid into the Thrasher's locker room after a game to ask him about the Brian Berard eye injury. Oh thing. my God. That's like, that was one that of my first sucks. ever, like, I was just like this GA football writer and they're like hey you know hockey can you we're doing something on like injuries was it like the thrashers traded for this guy who almost uh who basically blinded somebody so you should go talk to him and they're like they're like hey there's a guy named marinosa and i'm like okay writing all this down and he's like he comes out of the showers and i'm like oh hey hey (laughs) hey marion do you remember uh, the worst day of your life so far. That was that was pretty crazy. You want to talk to me about it? Then I'm like later on in my career. I'm like, why didn't we ask any of like our actual hockey writer to do that little bit of work? Why'd we send the Why'd we send the twenty whatever year old kid who didn't know any better? They sent you in there to shovel shit. They didn't want to do it. They don't want to yeah. ask him that question. That's like no, the yeah. classic like. The beat writer begs off, so you send in the GA or yeah, or, the beat writer was whatever. like no chance. I got or work the col- to do. or the columnist can come in and take and take some swings because yeah. the because the beat writer doesn't feel like that. That is that is insane. So we've got off to a great start, Marion and I in our in our uh, work. I wish you would have brought then, that up. Oh, I had forgotten about it until just now as we were talking. But that's how far back it goes, and he was um, such a pleasure to cover. Like I, you know. As a, these are the things I remember. And I'm, and stop me if I've shared this, but like when he was traded, um, again, I was that was my first year on the beat. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I really yeah. wanted to um, get in on the breaking news. And like I, you know, that's where you make your chops as a reporter. So I knew he was going to get traded. I wanted a piece of that trade uh, in any in any form, and I set up shop in the in the Marriott Chateau, whatever in Montreal, where the team mm-hmm. was staying. And in the lobby, and as people were leaving, like I was tracking who was coming and going to see who got traded by the Thrashers, two things happened. One, Pascal Dupuis comes down um, out of the elevator, <laughs> and the trade had just happened, and, and Pascal's on the phone. And all we hear, you know, TSN had broken on whatever the show. Uh, I'm sure it was Bob McKenzie. So you guys and had known, you guys had known that we was part of the trade. No, it, we knew it was Marion Hosa to the Penguins. Oh man! And it, that was it. We didn't know it was like in that. First, it was like five minutes before the deadline. Hosted to the Penguins, where everyone was shocked. And I hear ding. The elevator bell, elevator walks in. Here's Pascal Dupuis on the phone, and I'm like, and I, I go over. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get a confirm anything to like add myself into this story mm-hmm. in any possible way. And I'm like, hey, did you hear about Hosa to the Penguins? He's like, I'm in that deal. And I'm like, oh my gosh! So then. You know, I don't even think it was tweet. I was writing in the comments section of the blog that I had as a beat writer. There's no Twitter, and I'm like Pascal Dupuis in the deal, and and that got picked up, and it was it was great fun. And Marion, who again was very pretty, like quiet and kept himself. I'm like, I, before it went down, I'm like, if I can get your cell, I just want to be able to get the first comment from you, and I'll leave you alone the rest of your life, which is a lie. It's, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it, flash forward, it's 2022, it's a, and we're yeah, like, hey. So I grab, I, I call him at it's three o'clock or whatever the deadline is. And, you know, he picks right up, gives me what we had kind of prearranged. He's like, you know, happy to go to the Penguins, looking forward to whatever it was. Thanks, Marion. Have a great life and career. I'll never talk to you again. I promise. Mm-hmm. And 
got that in the store. It was just this rush of what you love about being in, in the media and chasing news. And he was just so such a pro and helpful to a dumb kid. And now, you know, here we are years later and he's in the Hall of Fame. And <laughs> that was uh I was in college for 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 the host of Penguins trade. That was a big that was a big deal. I was I remember yeah. I was visiting my friends who went to Virginia Tech. So it was like and it was feel like on on a weekend is that possible because i was definitely i was either i was either there for a weekend or there when i shouldn't have been and it was like it was like christmas honestly it was a big deal everybody was upset about angelo esposito going back to atlanta because people that's right people were like oh boy they had to give up they had to give up angelo esposito and they also got some spare part back along with marion hosa which turned out to be pascal dupuis so it was that was a that was a wild one ah that was great so we get to relive all of that more in segment two yeah, with uh, I think that current segment one. Yeah, good goodbye, story everybody. Time. Yep, <laughs> our interview with current Slovakian food service magnate Marion Hosa is next. Also, Sean, do you have any thoughts on the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame yeah. inductions went down. I yeah, don't care. Oh, don't care. Oh, okay. Is that a, that's a personal flaw of mine? I think is that the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is just something that i couldn't care less about like whatever whatever interest i have whatever capacity i have to care professionally personally whatever that is exhausted by the time the um Mm -hmm. by the time the the class is announced like that's when i think about it by the time we're in in hall of fame week and i'm just like i'm 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 over this i i don't think you're alone in that and so i know like when i was at espn we would if, if we were writing about the Hall of Fame class, we'd do these big takeouts and we knew we had to publish them like a month before the Hall. Yep. Like the one year we waited to actually publish these stories the week of or whatever, people were exhausted. They're like, I've, I get it. I don't want to hear about, you know, Rob Blake anymore. So we were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta run these out like at the start of the season when this hasn't been discussed. And then by the time the, I, I, this was like clockwork, the night of the thing, we, I would get with Pierre or whoever, and, mm-hmm. and we would do a look ahead to next year's class. Like, people didn't care about the class that was being no. conducted that night. It was get on TV or get on the whatever and talk about the class of that That's was one of those annoying things that's that you think is true and is also kind of borne out by the numbers. It's like like readers, audiences only really. They care they care when the class is inducted in mass. Like that's a that's right. a national story. But when the ceremonies actually happen it turns into local stories like you're writing you know if, even if you at espn as a national writer ostensibly you know you're not writing things specifically for you know the ottawa senators or, for, or whatever right? right but that's what those stories would turn into like yeah. local local folks care about daniel alfredson being inducted or the sedines or whatever but it doesn't register on a larger scale in the way that you know the actual announcements happen so yeah i just don't it's t- it's tough for me to it's tough for me to care about like I, I get that it's a big it's possible to do good work i thought mendez did a great job yep. in particular yesterday he got he like actually kind of broke some news with daniel alfredson like er, so all good but personally i'm just like i'm done with this we we can move on whether it's next class or the next thing we talk about it's I don't know I don't know why that is I don't know if that's like a, a, like maybe if I was from Toronto I would feel about I would feel differently about it but I'm like let's move past this do you think well I, we're already in this I'm not even I'm not even extend this because we don't care that much here's what I want to talk to you about Sean before mm-hmm. we wrap up this segment is 
they bump back the World Cup of Hockey that will never be played or, you know, with this constant, like, I think every story about World Cups are about it being delayed Mm -hmm. in some form or fashion. And in my lifetime, I think there's been one, um, which is a lot of fun. I loved covering it. (laughs) Um, But so they bumped it back a year and that's all fine and good. We'll keep doing that till the end of time. I producer Jeff said, or maybe it was you mentioned Elliot Friedman saying, hey, in the meantime, maybe we should do a Canada US, you know, rivalry series, get the mm-hmm. Canada, you know, the men's team, and then we get the women's team, we play a best of whatever and have it out. And we think Elliot's about halfway there to a good idea. Yeah. Why are we limiting it to Yes, here we go. To best on best. Like maybe is that going to that might be the hurdle, by the way, that might be team saying like, no, we just want it to be true best on best. We don't care about that. What we nope. want. Over 25 men mm-hmm. under under 25 men. There's four mm-hmm. teams right there. So you have the older American players versus the older Canadian players. You have the younger Canadian players versus the younger American players. And then you have Canadian women versus American women in their own in their own tournament. And are you throwing the U eighteens? Of course, the U eighteens. <laughs> and then are they playing? So does the U do the U eighteens play the old men? Like I feel like someone could get hurt, Sean. How about okay? So I got to set up the bracket, right? We got to we got to see how this how this works out. But maybe the winner of the U eighteen series takes on like the loser of the consolation game. Like the that's wi- like the, right. How, I think, how about that? I think you just put them into a round robin and everyone plays everyone. Everyone plays everyone? A, because, I mean, these U8, like the U8, like these are some, I mean, it's, these are stars and they're a year away from playing in the league anyways, half of them. <laughs> Throw them into the mix. The only thing I would wonder, I, I like the idea of having multiple teams playing against each other in this yeah. US-Canada series. Please do this. Whoever's in charge of this stuff is at the PA in the league. Just please do a version of this. Have I, fun. I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. If you think this isn't showing up in a post in some form on the site, yeah, you, are, you, follow you, this you, don't, you, don't, you don't know me. It's happening. Do like do an ounce of report. Like see, I would, I would check with like the PA and just be like, would this be anything you consider? Is this so- at all possible? <laughs> And, see and, you what know they what? Say. and you know what? Even if they say no, I'm still it doing it. It doesn't I, matter. Yes. I, I I used to, like, I would, Gary Bettman would say, you know, I'd write these things that I would, and he'd be like, there's no, ch- like, why do you even write? And I'm like, because it's fun. So even if there's no chance, you have to do it. But also, my only thing, I like the under 25 team, Sean. I just, all my life, have been hearing about, oh, the Canada B team can beat the USA team. So let, maybe we do that. Go ahead. Put your B team together, Canada. That? Let's go Is, see how it looks against it. the USA team. Go A and B, A and B. Disseminate the players however you see fit, GMs of each team. Um, but I just I want to I want to see this played out in real life because I've been hearing that all my life that the Canada B team would beat the USA team. The problem is the problem would arise if that actually happens. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Bullshit, but never, not in a, not in a million years. You got second line center Austin Matthews. What are you talking about? I know. For once, now that Eichel's going, I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. we're talking about next year, but uh-huh. all of a sudden, down the middle, it's not look. you know, Sid is super old now. We've waited him out. Sid, I, I'll, I'll tell you something. Sid sucks. <laughs> he's not good anymore. Imagine how bad he's going to be in a year or two. Get him out of the paint. Yeah. We got the Kachucks. We're now thrown into the mix just to, 
you can even split them up if you wanted to. One on the A, one on the B. Make them captains. I don't care. There let's, are let's do this. Jason Robertson, superstar. Yep, superstar, uh, established superstar. Jason Robertson. The center depth is final. Is finally, finally. interesting. Fi- Matthews, Dylan, Jack Hughes, like Jack Hughes, like God, like just just think about that. Matthews, Eichel, Larkin, Jack Hughes, Tage Thompson. Mm. This is the like <laughs> checking line center Tage Thompson. Let's it hasn't go. been since like Pat LaFontaine and Mike Madonna. Like this is this is it. We can divvy them up. We can put together a B team that actually has centers. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you don't like you don't bring like Tage Thompson as as a first line center on the B team. Like that's it would be something like that. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And if nothing else. The USB team would beat the hell out of those U18 guys. I'll tell you that. One. <laughs> <laughs> we got to think through the U18. So, Sean, this is if if nothing else, this gives you a little bit of uh, thought exercise for your next column for the for www.theathletic.com because slash slash NHL. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's something there. Elliot planted the seed, and and sometimes you know, like when that happens. You know, Elliot planting the seed might be somebody saying, hey, we kicked this around behind the seed. I don't know if this has happened in this case, but like sometimes you throw things out there that you know are actually being discussed. I have no idea if this is the case because Sean's going to actually do a little bit of reporting on this. I'm going to make it. (laughs) But (laughs) I think or not. I think um, I think this would be a lot of fun. And then the women, you know, you have the women, which is the best rivalry in sports. As, yeah. as the you know, the top. I straight up. I'm going to I don't think that this is something. Friedman floats if if there hasn't been at least some some discussion about it personally. Twenty twenty four, you can do this in September. <laughs> Could you do it? In, how can we wait? Do it in September next year. Yeah, I, I mean the world the World Sorry. Cup's now ne- the World Cup's never going to happen. <laughs> what are you calling this thing? Rivalries. U.S. I I'll tell you what it's, it's not going to be called the Canada Cup. No, we're past, we're past that. We're past that. You don't get to name. That. Oh my god! Do you think that that's? Do you think that sincerely think that that's not something that they would try to push through and turn into the like? Canada, call it the Canada Cup. Mm-hmm. Call it the Ameri- America's Cup. Is that taken? Uh, <laughs> Isn't it sailing? Yeah, it. <laughs> I was. I was trying to make a sailing joke. Yeah, it is. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think this. I think this needs to happen. Also, you know how like in youth sports. When like the little league team goes to the next level, they're they're allowed to grab the best player from like the bad yeah. little league team. Yep, I think you should have a roster slot or two for each of these teams where you can pick up any non-Canadian any, or American any, you want and have any, a draft any year of any Euro player. Yeah, this can happen. <laughs> there's no reason. It, there's no reason it shouldn't it shouldn't happen next year, which is why it won't. <laughs> We're just here to boost league revenues, everybody, and get the cap back up. Because that's this, what people care it. about, you know. That's what fans want to hear. Raising revenues—that's interesting. How much money the NHL makes is of utmost importance to the average person. It's mm-hmm. some—it's something everyone cares about and can't get enough of. Ryan Reynolds cares because he's—he'd like to see the revenues go up. All right. Oh man, we Let's, could talk about. I—I I could steal. Haley's got a. Haley Salvin has a. Ryan Reynolds uh, has a Ryan Reynolds centric piece coming out in a couple of days and I could steal all of it and talk about it right here, but I, but I, but I will not 
Ryan, the the upshot from what she wrote, she watched a bunch of the Welcome to Wrexham series mm-hmm. and all that. The upshot That's a good idea. Yeah, I wonder, wonder, wonder who came up with that. Uh, the was upshot. It it, I don't know. It was it was Nalco, I think, not me. <laughs> um, it was her editor, Nalco. <clears throat> um, the upshot is that Ryan Reynolds needs to be in involved with the Sanders ownership thing. Like no matter what happens, whatever rich person gets involved, it should be, it should be a a condition of their purchase of the Ottawa Sanders that Ryan Reynolds is involved in some capacity. It'd be great. Um, All right. Let's get to the Marion Hosa conversation because I'm sure we have a a bunch to talk about in segment three as Sean and I catch up live on the air here. Um, And enjoy Marion. It was it was, it was great to hear him, hear him, and also buy his book for Scott Powers, if for nothing else. Buy his book with Scott Powers, um, and also watch out for a moment where I really, really embarrass myself towards the end of this in- interview. It's a good oh, one. Yeah. That's the favorite part. <laughs> we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are now thrilled to be joined uh, by, I'm not just saying this because he's on the podcast and joining us today. Easily, don't roll your eyes, Sean. <laughs> Easily one of my top three favorite hockey players to cover in doing this a long time. I mean, Bobby Holik's number one, as Marion knows. That's That doesn't uh, go anywhere. <laughs> top three easy of all time. Marion Hosa joins us. Marion, first of all, thanks for doing this. Congratulations on everything going on in your life. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, nice to see you. So, um Look, we're not, I, I'm going to start with a book because, um, you know, I, I want to help you out. We want to promote it. I know it's going to be good because Scott Powers was a part of it, teammate here at The Athletic. Um, you have such an interesting story to tell, Marion. What, what, so, let's just start there. It comes out, for those listening, it comes out November, November 20th. Great holiday gift. Everybody should just get it. What what went into that? Like, you, you were never, in, in dealing with you, you were never a big, like, self-promoter, right? Like, you never wanted to really talk about yourself. Never, You know, you you were always, I, I thought, really humble. So, I, I thought it was interesting that, that this was something that you were willing to dive into. What went into that thought process and what was that like for you? Well, uh, yeah, the book is coming actually November 8th. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's Good all right. Start. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, after when I stopped. When I stopped playing, uh, I, I started thinking, you know, like there was like uh, guys writing books and, uh, you know, I think I have an interesting uh, story to tell and I'm a pretty private person. I don't have an open yeah. Instagram account or Facebook account. So uh, I'm pretty like, uh, I'm not saying like I don't want people to know anything about me, but, but you know, I kind of, you know, uh, like my privacy. 
And uh, I like to, you know, uh, tell the story about me a little bit more so that my fans and uh, and people know a little bit more uh, who Marion Hossa is, not just the hockey player, but also the, you know, uh, guy outside of hockey, uh, husband, you know, brother, uh, father. And uh, I just felt like that was the right time. You know, we had the time after when uh, you know, my career was over and I decided to, you know, uh, pick uh, the writer, Scott Powers, who did an excellent job, I believe. And uh, we started writing the book. That's great. You talk about being a father. I hear a baby in the in the background. How's fatherhood? Yeah, that's a, that's a third one. She's two months third old. Third one. Oh, man. Uh, so actually now uh, I enjoy the time uh, being basically every day home because the first two, you know, you were playing, so you were on the road uh, half a time and uh, you were missing lots of different things. Uh, and right now I enjoy every day with her and uh, it's it's nice. You know, it's nine, almost 10, uh, ten years difference between the, the middle one and, uh, you know, now I have more time at home, so definitely enjoy it. So what was it like? What was it like working with Powers? Did he did he pry anything out of you? Did he did he get any stories out of there where you're like I don't I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know about that one the bit that made it into the book? Well, I know Scott from Chicago. Obviously. I know he did uh, lots of interviews and uh, and uh, I believe he did an excellent job. Uh, he you know we he traveled to Slovakia. I was in Chicago. We did lots of Zoom calls, telephone calls. And uh, we spend lots of time on this on this book. Uh, so uh, I do the two version. Basically, one is going to be North American, mm-hmm. and then I'm just finishing uh, to have a Slovak version, and uh, it's going to be a little bit more colorful. And uh, definitely, Scott was great. Oh, so you saved all the good stuff. Yeah, in the that's sl- not fair. Slovak, Wait uh, a second. Gonna <laughs> 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 get the. <laughs> No. See the key is that, that what we have to do is get the Slovak version and get it translated, so That's we can right. like we sure. we can we'll we'll work we'll work that out out ourselves. You guys are smart, yeah, yeah. <laughs> using our heads, right? Um, did any? I, it's been funny hearing, but it seems like a, a lot of folks have worked on books over the last few years, mainly because you're in, a lot of people were inside, didn't didn't have much better to do. Like, was there scheduling stuff that was it? Was it a problem getting all this done because of, because of the you know the COVID stuff and the, and the pandemic and all that, was that like a, a logistical problem for, for you and Scott or, or did it kind of go off easily? I think we had the kind of window. I asked him like, uh, how long, you know, it's because this is totally new for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I never, you know, uh, wrote a book and, uh, and uh, I asked everybody like the, the publisher, like, what is the time, you know, mm-hmm. write a book basically, you know, I, you know, I thought they're gonna, gonna tell me like maybe uh, you know six months because I like to work, work, work. But right. obviously, it doesn't work that way. Probably there's some books you can do it. But he said like approximately autobiography. They said uh, two years. I said two years. I was like, what I'm gonna <laughs> do two years? And they were right. You know, like yeah, like you got after a while, you got like okay, I need the time, you know, to kind of uh, focus and uh, do the do the things right. And uh, with everything on, the COVID and the, all the situation, it's going to be around two years when we started and it's going to be out. So they were right. They knew what they were talking about. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it was still a good time. So I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. The uh, the stuff I always found most interesting, Marion, you're, I mean, you're a Hall of Fame player, incredible player. Um, and you were part of like massive transactions, like two huge trades, too huge, like the number one get in free agency. 
I was, you know, so, and you know, Sean's in Pittsburgh. So I, you know, I always, I was so close to that when mm-hmm. you were in Atlanta and that, and that trade happened. Um, I always love when we get guys kind of after the fact and, and maybe can with the time and the perspective you have like that, that moment where you go from Atlanta to Pittsburgh and you're now playing with Sidney Crosby and that recruitment to stay. Like I remember stories of him calling you from vacations and all this stuff. What was that like? Like how, you know, what was that moment in time like for you? Uh, going from Pittsburgh to Detroit? Good. Just going to, uh, to that trade to Pittsburgh, like going from a team kind of at the bottom of the standings to now with all this pressure on in Pittsburgh, playing with the greatest, you know, the greatest player of his generation, Sidney Crosby, like with yeah, that, yeah, just flipping that switch. So basically, uh, for me, that was pretty simple. I had the success in the in, in individual uh, statistics. Uh, when I was in Atlanta, I had like one year 92 points, then I get 100 points. And, uh, you know, that was, that was great. Uh, don't get me wrong, you know, really offensive uh, team. But I was, I was at the age around 28, 29 in my prime. And I felt like uh, I want to accomplish something bigger, you know, not just getting mm-hmm. 100 points or scoring, you know, close to 50 goals. But I, I, I want to, I wanna, you know, touch the Stanley Cup. I want to win it. I want to experience it. And uh, that was my drive. So... Um, I told in Atlanta to the owners at the time and the GM Don Waddle, uh, I only signed with you guys because they offered me really good money for long term to stay in Atlanta. But I said, like, if you guys are willing to bring some key elements to the team so we are going to be able to succeed in our playoffs, mm-hmm. then I'll consider to stay. But otherwise, if I don't see anybody you know, coming here, you know, I'm not going to resign, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, they never sign anybody big, and um, I just felt like, you know, I know no, I'm going to go, you know, somewhere. So, uh, there was a day in Montreal. Yeah. Everyone moved. thought you were going to Montreal. Like, I remember, I remember people, that. like, you were supposed to just go right across the, the you know, hallway to the <laughs> other locker room. I'm, I woke up in my room in, uh, in, uh, in Montreal, and uh, Don Waddell just uh, telling me, like, Hoss, you don't have to go for the morning skate, you know. So, obviously, I knew something's happening. And uh, so, I just went for breakfast with the guys. And and I was waiting where I'm going to get traded. And, uh, you know, I was waiting. And it was, like, a couple minutes uh, towards the time limit. And yeah. suddenly, uh, Don just calling me a few minutes before the trading deadline. He's like, Hoss, I got you a new team. I was like, I was like okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, it's Pittsburgh. I was like, I didn't, I didn't say yes, you know, but in my <laughs> mind, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I just pictured the young, talented team, you know, chance to win. And basically, that was my drive. And I couldn't wait, uh, you know, to be part of the team. And, uh, you know, playing with Sid, that was exciting. Obviously, at the time, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when I got there, first game I signed, I, I basically played for them. We flew to Boston with Pascal Dupuis, and uh, I got hurt right away first game. So he was hurt, I was hurt, and it took a while when we started playing together. And uh, that was uh, that was, uh, that was great uh, time in Pittsburgh. I enjoyed it. Yeah. How close did you come to staying Yeah. when they were putting the full court press to keep you as a free agent? Like, how close was Pittsburgh? Oh, uh, that was really close. Uh, yeah. 
Tell you the truth, actually, I'm uh, I'm uh, in, in my book. I have, I have oh, no. Uh, so in my book, I'm writing about it. <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to steal any of uh, any of the uh, the books under. Yeah, right? Well, I can tell all all picks. Uh, so I, I was I was pretty close to staying because mm-hmm. obviously I said like you know it's great hockey town, lots of history. Uh, you know they had success. Mm-hmm. One of my you know like my favorite players are you know Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. And uh, when I met Mario Lemieux at that time, I was like, you know, looking at the Jesus at him. And uh, that was just wow for me. You know, like this is the guy I was looking up to. And now he's in the dressing room talking to me. And that was just amazing feeling. So definitely, you know, I was considering uh, if I wouldn't sign in Detroit, that would be, you know, I stay in Pittsburgh. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I made the choice. Yeah. I know Ken Holland loves to tell the story about, I think he st- he always says he was pumping gas when Rich Winter called him and said, Hey, how about one year on Marion Hosa? And, and like, that was such a, in the way Rich explains it. And I would like to hear your, but essentially it was, you know, you wanted to go learn to win, like from this team that knew, like, I think everyone thought at the time you were trying to cherry pick, you know, the Stanley cup favorites, whatever, but it was like, Hey, I want to go play with Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg and Nicholas Lindstrom and, and figure out, like learn the things that I haven't learned yet. Is that a fair characterization of that? Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, going to Detroit, uh, I always like was looking into the team before I was in, even in Atlanta. Like, you know, what's about this team? Like, how they are so yeah. special? How, how come mm-hmm. they are winning? Like, what's they cooking in the kitchen? Like, the professionalism mm-hmm. and everything else. Like that was like kind of just in my head all the time. Like, why these guys are so good? And, uh, and I just, you know, I just, uh, one, my wife just came to told me like, you know, baby is sleeping. So be quiet. Oh, sorry. But lower your voice, but I get excited. You know, I'm telling the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't wake the baby. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not our, it's, it's, it's not our fault. Mrs. Oso, please <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be mad at us. <laughs> so basically, uh, obviously, I want to go to Detroit because obviously they had a great team. I knew there was a good chance to win, but mm-hmm. that wasn't everything. You know, I knew if I'm going to learn from the best, uh, from the, you know, four times Stanley Cup champion, you know, what, what are they doing in that dressing room? What is right to be better hockey player? And that was inspiring me to, to sign, uh, there. I had a great offer from Edmonton for, you know, long term, uh-huh. but. I, I wasn't even blinking, like the money wasn't the issue. I wasn't, I wasn't caring about the money. And I was like, really, my focus was in the tunnel, like, you know, winning and learning from the best. And right now, when I look back, like what I was thinking, you know, I had five years <laughs> on the table playing with the best player, Steve Crosby. And I was like, you know, like it's wild, Mary. It's a crazy decision. I, I mean, it really I'm, glad, is. Like, I'm glad you. I'm. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you said it because I was gonna say, did you ever like kind of? Was there any? Was there any point in Detroit where you were like, ah, I screwed up. Like I made. I made a mistake. Yeah. No. The, you know what? No. No regrets at all. Like, mm-hmm. Even even if it beat us, that was so definitely for me personally. That was the toughest summer mentally. Mm. Uh, definitely, that was uh, tough to swallow but that year made me so much better player you know i learned so much i got mentally stronger and uh you know in that summer i went to the summer and 
you know, I heard lots of jokes on me. I heard like lots of uh, guys, they feel sorry for me. And yeah. I said to myself, you know, this either going to break you or make you better, you know, and I want to do the second, you know, and I told myself, okay, like just blog everything and start training even harder than before and learn from your mistakes. And that's what I tried to do. Obviously, I knew I'm going to be free agent again because I wasn't signing with Detroit and some other team going to pick me, you know, and uh, be the best for them you can be. And that was my goal. So uh, I train as hard as possible and I learn from my mistakes, maybe what I would be doing different in our playoffs or when the time come. And I think that year playing with Tatsu, Bezadeberg, you know, one of the two best two-way players ever, I learned so much to be a better hockey player and that year gave me so much. Even when we lost, you know, we didn't win that year, but that year was a key breaker for me next uh, year's. Was that the biggest thing that you brought from Detroit to Chicago? Like that dedication to the two-way play? Because, I mean, like we saw, I mean, you finally got the credit you deserved, I think, is like being a great two-way player once you made it to Chicago. But is that something you felt like you brought from Detroit over there? Is that the biggest thing that that, that, that you learned and kind of brought over to your new team? Yeah, like two-way is one thing, but I think the professionalism, I think I was pretty professional before, but I learned from Nicholas Lindstrom, you know, how to handle when the things didn't go right, he was always calm and just uh, never overreact. And, uh, you know, that dressing room with Chris Chelios and uh, sitting on a plane with those two uh, icons mm -hmm. uh, just gave me so much. And uh, I learned so much. And, you know, when I knew I going to sign to Chicago, I saw how many talented players they have. And I realized, you know, I don't need to just put on offensive numbers and just worry about goals and these things. I want to be like, you know, the example, like how Datsuk and Zetterberg, you know, and those guys, Drapers, Malbis, you know, like those guys who won. I saw them in the gym every time and, uh, you know, after the, after the game. And that was just inspiring for me to learn, you know, what, how can I be a better player? And I brought it, I think, that dressing room. And, you know, I'm not a big talker. I think those guys saw it from me and they just, you know, realized, if they want to be better, you know, they want to do, they need to do a little bit more. Just, uh, you know, focus on the, the talent they have. They need to go do extra more work. And, and uh, you know, we got lucky we won. Yeah. I mean, you go, you go to Chicago and, you know, all the, the kind of the Stanley Cups that had alluded to you, um, you know, come to fruition. I, I, I did want to touch on the two way play because now, it, it's part of your legacy, Marion. It's fun because anytime there's a, a you know a bigger winger yep. who plays defense and can score, it's like it's it's it, this is a Marion Hosa type. Like that's you. You've left like that's you. Like it's like Andre Palat. It becomes oh he's Marion Hosa. Then it's like this next generation Matthew Boldy, Matt Boldy in Minnesota. Oh he plays a lot like Marion Hosa. What does that mean to you? Like that that's the representative of kind of your career when you hear young players or players now getting that comparison. Yeah, that's something uh, you don't kind of plan, right? That just, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, obviously make me feel great. You know, somebody think that way and, uh, uh, you know, they saw me in somebody and uh, that's, uh, that just, uh, you know, that's really, that's really great. But uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's something you don't play for right you just kind of you deserve it you know when you accomplish something and when you have like your focus uh your your dream and you you want to go for it no matter what you know 
you maybe you lose one time, you're you're on the down, you know, losing side. You lose second time, but you still like focusing on your goal and you want to win, you know, and you want to go for it. And uh, you know, at the end, you know, good things happen if you work hard, if you focus, and and I'm glad, you know, I won. Uh, I was hoping to win one Stanley Cup, and I got three, and I'm pretty lucky. Three's and, pretty good. <laughs> and I had uh, great, great, great players around me, so I got lucky. You could have not, not to be. You could have five easy. I think five Stanley Cups easy. Just <laughs> just for the record, how close do you think you came from to winning another one in Chicago? I, I think that mm-hmm. like some of those King series, the, the like, it was like one goal away. It's wild to me to think about how yeah, close I those think 2014 were. season when the Kings uh, won, right? I think uh, conference finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series uh, was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it could go right either way. And uh, we would be in a final against, I, I believe, there was Rangers. And I think it was like a better team than uh, New York at that time. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, that happened. You know, they won and uh, they're champions. So you're the first... Let's see. Your ceremony in Chicago is, I believe, on the twentieth. You're the first, the first guy from those teams to get to get the jersey, the the, the jersey hoisted there. What is that? that that's a. There's going to be so many more of those guys. Whether it's whether it's Kane or Taze or Keith, like there's going to be a parade of jerseys that get that get retired there. But what does that mean to be the first? It, it is wild to think that that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, you mean uh, the first from that generation? Of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, from yeah, the, yeah, from the from that the, group. Fr- from that group. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Rocky Words uh, announced uh, the news to me, uh, I don't know when when it was. I was uh, I, uh, I was expecting, you know, like he's uh, when I announced me, I'm gonna sign one day contract so I can retire as a Blackhawk, and uh, that was the goal for me. And uh, he told me two great news, and obviously the second <laughs> one was even better. When he told me like they want to, you know, retire my jersey, and uh, I, I was speechless. I, you know, I don't cry pretty much at all, and I almost had like tears in my eyes. Like, like you know, that was like so touching, and you know, European guy, not even drafted by the team, you know, yeah. there, uh, you know, they want to retire my jersey. I was like, wow, that means something, and that's a special moment. And I'm thanking uh, Ward's family for it, and uh, you know, obviously have a great uh, people around me like the coaching staff players the trainers and uh, you know without them i would be going there that's amazing what a, what a great accomplishment do you have i mean there's always speculation you know teams that'll bring you back with the book done and like what it, what's what are you spending your time with or what are your kind of next aspirations so well, like uh, you mean like what i do in a uh, free time like, yeah, like, what are you, like, yeah, do you want to get, I mean, I'm sure, you, I mean, you, you learned so much, you have so much knowledge if you wanted to get into a front office or I, like, wh- wh- what is your, what are your next goals? Yeah, so basically we, we are talking with the Blackhawks about a certain position, but obviously, you know, me being here in Europe, it's kind of difficult to be involved fully with the team and yeah. I it to them that it would be different if I live in Chicago. I definitely would like to be, you know, uh, in a, in a doing something more to be involved with the team, but we have something on a, on a, on a paper soon. When I come to Chicago, we're going to have a meetings and, uh, you know, I believe, uh, we're going to announce something uh, soon, uh, uh, because I like to be attached with the team, even like, uh, in a long distance coming to Chicago, maybe three, four times a year. And, uh, mm-hmm. that would, that would be nice to get attached with the team, but uh, I have my company here in, uh, in Slovakia. 
Uh, it's kind of totally different. Uh, I'm in the food business. Uh, uh, I have like uh, 250 employees. And, uh, you know, we got like 3,500 uh, 3, uh, items uh, what we're selling and like, you know, 50, 50 distribution vehicles, seven warehouses. So we got like... What? Uh, yeah, yeah, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Hold on a second. That's a big operation. <laughs> yeah, My goodness. A, a big operation uh, here in Slovakia. And uh, and uh, uh, long story short, I invested a longer time. And uh, now uh, basically, you know, I have with my people running it, and uh, so it's a big operation. But I have like good uh, group of people around it, so I don't have to be involved in daily basis. I'm on the phone quite a bit, but I don't have to be over there all mm-hmm. the time. So uh, the thing is running, and uh, you know we're doing so far pretty good. And uh, yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> That's wild. What, how are you as a boss? What kind of boss yeah. are you? R- running 250 employees. Uh, I think I'm pretty fair, pretty simple. But what I what I told them, you know, I am uh, really looking for the discipline. You know, that's what I fr- brought from the from the sport. I mm-hmm. think you know, the discipline make you better, and I brought it to there. I kind of talking to them in a hockey language a little bit, so sometimes yeah. they are smiling because it's a little different. But they understand what I try to get out of them, and I think for them it's good change, right? Because they have other bosses. And everybody's like a little bit more into the business. I bring the hockey words to them in Slovak, and I think they like it. And you know, it's it's been it's been a good experience also for me because uh, it's totally something different out of hockey. But you can you can bring some uh, elements from the sports to the business. Yeah, there's a there's a nice new generation of Slovak players in the league. In the league now, like have you watched? Yeah. How I would what can you say about Slavkovsky and 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 Nemec specifically? I know those are guys you've probably seen a good bit of over the last few years. Yeah. So after a long time for Slovakia, that was uh, mm-hmm. most successful draft year, and yeah. uh, definitely whole country uh, really watch uh, the draft because you know I had the text messages in the morning. I woke up in the middle of the night and there was like text messages just flying. It's like Slovakia taking over the hockey world, you know. I was like, <laughs> you know, obviously. So I knew right away Slavkovsky is going to be first, but I wasn't expecting, you know, Nemec going right away second. I knew he's going to be first rounder, you know, mm-hmm. that, but, you know, first, second Slovakian guys, like, like I was like, wow, you know, that's amazing. <laughs> and uh, then you got Phil Meshar, you know, going mm-hmm. uh, in first round. So, I mean, you know, great, great start for the young Slovaks. You know, big, uh, big, uh, uh, big splash uh, for Slovakia, and uh, right now everybody watching how Uri especially is doing in Montreal, and uh, you know I I believe he's gonna be really really good player. Uh, it's gonna take some time to adjust uh, to that style from Europe, but uh, he's big, strong. He got a great shot, uh, obviously. So lots of good things I believe for him coming up. Is it, yeah, is, I saw you. I saw you, you good. Sorry. I was just gonna say, like, what what jumps out the most when you're watching your eye play? Like, it's, it's, like, is it the shot, or when you're watching him now in the NHL? Yeah, like uh, he could play any line. You know, I believe yeah. that he's, uh, his guy, like, you know, obviously you don't want to take uh, first round in the fourth line, but basically right. his strength he got it's it's amazing. Like what he did when I watched the World Championships or Olympic Games when he played, uh, you could see the potential already in him. Uh, like in Finland, he wasn't any big striker, like you not know, big goal scorer uh, by any means. But 
with his shot, with his ability to play physical game when he needs it, you know, he can protect the puck and take it to the net. I think when he start using that size even more, he's going to be really dangerous and he can uh, put the good numbers. I saw you compared him to Yager. Is that, d- does that, wow. does that still hold up? Uh, I, I said it. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> I, I just, I just Googled Mary Nelson in your eyes, Slavkovsky. It said, uh, you said that to Thomas Prokops with sport.sk. <laughs> there is, I, 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 I wouldn't call it like, you know, I don't think that's exactly, I don't want to make any false. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, tra- wasn't, wasn't trying to put you on the spot, but it, but it, it was, it was Yager and, and, you, and you said Richard Zednick, who's another really, really great. Yeah. yeah. There is only one Yager, right? Uh, guys, yeah. really well. I, I love, I love, I love JJ when he played in, uh, in, uh, in Pittsburgh. It was like God for me. Uh, I read his book. I think that was my first book. Uh, me and my brother read, uh, you know, with 500 uh, uh, squats when he did. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I saw because we play against uh, Jager uh, team in Slovakia. We had like exhibition game, and uh, we play against them. And uh, so I told him after the party, you know, I, uh, because he was talking my, with my brother because they played together in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So I came up to him. I told my brother, "It's like, did you tell him? You know, like he was lying in his book." He's like, and he looked at me. He's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "He's like, Jay. Like, you, you didn't do five hundred uh, squats like you were writing in the book. You you did thousand probably. Like, you were way better than everybody else." <laughs> he started laughing. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. But uh, but came back to your eyes, Slavkovsky. I like his style of skating. It's like similar, like uh, Richard Zedin, but yeah. bigger guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's like some similarities with Jager, uh, like when he, you know, uh, hold off people with one hand. And yeah. So there is like, you know, mix of some uh, little things of those two players. Awesome. Well, Marion, thanks for doing this. I'm, I'm glad we made it without uh, disrupting the baby too much, I hope. <laughs> and, uh, and congratulations on the Hall of Fame, the jersey, the book, all the exciting things that are coming that have happened. Uh, great seeing you again. And uh, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, good to see you again, and, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I hope his book does really well, Sean. <laughs> I like Scotty. I, let's, let's, make, <laughs> let's make this man some money. <laughs> good to hear from uh, business magnate Marion Hossa. Um, he's, was, I feel great. like he's creating the, uh, the era mark of Slovakia. That's, that, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I want <laughs> to hear about him in, in, in the next little bit. What do you think he was thinking when you tried to put words in his mouth about the Yager thing? Was he uh, like, who, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Mm-hmm, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read a bad translation. I think I, I think I sort of tried to grab the words out of the air and stick them back in my mouth as soon as I asked the question. But I, I read a, I read a translation of, of something he said to a Slovak journalist, I believe, and uh, it was incorrect. That is, he was not explicitly comparing Slavkovsky to, to Yager, even though the post. That I lazily looked up in the middle of our talk seemed to imply it. Would so, you Google? Sorry, Question buddy. to ask Marion Hosa during an interview. <laughs> Who is Marion Hosa? <laughs> Marion Hosa, favorite young. No, I. You know what? Seriously, I probably just googled Marion Hosa Uri Slavkovsky because I realized oh, right. that, I, that I didn't have yeah. that I didn't have anything other anything outside of like, yeah. What do you think of Uri Slavkovsky? I didn't have, I had no plan for. So I was like, maybe he said something about him in the past. And I saw the, the Yager comparison. So I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Remember when you said he was better than Yager? 
Remember when you remember when you said you hate Yarmory Yager and that he actually wasn't that good? Coming up next, the only good segment on the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the only good segment on the show. It is, as you know, when you find the post on The Athletic app, Answer the troll is riddle, riddles three, so you are permitted to ask us questions and fill out the last segment for us. Everybody's still doing a great job. I know it can be confusing because of uh, the schedules of certain people who are who may or, who may or may not be on this call. Uh, keep them coming. We'll do our best whenever Craig feels like hosting the show. Not only is it hard to find the comments section, uh, this is the this is one of the sneaky hard parts. You got to find the right episode. Like you have to go, you have to, have, I guess, have listened to the previous yeah, Tuesday no, it's, yeah, and it's know re- what it was titled, <laughs> and then go, so you don't leave a comment on the wrong. Sh- we make this so hard. It's also really just, hard when it's also really hard when you uh, haven't been around for a couple weeks and have to backtrack and find all this stuff. Okay, Michael B. Again, this is this is in the comments of our last show together with Donnie, Donnie Granado, Mister oh, Mister Meatballs himself. It was good. We didn't wear our Donnie Meatballs shirt. The sad and missed opportunity. Your fault. Michael B says, "Sean, great article on the Bruins signing Mitchell Miller. Thank you. It was it really was? <laughs> yes, it was. I, I did was. great. I'm old enough to remember when Craig used to write articles like that. Not sure they were ever that good. It's been <laughs> oh, too long to wow. remember. Yes." Uh, Michael B, Michael B, my guy. We have we, we have nothing else to say about that one. We can just we can just move on. My hope is someday we get to a point where people are like, I, they only know me from the Tuesday podcast and have no reference of any writing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'd be really happy if that's if that's what happened. This is all. I uh, no, you're not. I can guarantee you wouldn't be. 
I know I know you well enough. Yeah. Okay. So Max was Max stepped in for you. Talked about the Atlantic Division surprises. Loved that one. Um, it was much better than the show typically is. Perry G starts the fact that there isn't even a comment about Boston's actual hockey team is a shame, and she's in. I believe she's referring to uh, me starting the show by flippantly saying like, "This is an hour and a half of Mitchell Miller talk," and it wasn't. We had exhausted. We had tapped that well. There was nothing at that point. There was certainly nothing left to say about 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 him or them or that situation. Um, and I wasn't interested in talking about the Bruins because who cares about them at that point? Yeah. Anything and anything in Boston was about their mishandling of the Mitchell Miller situation. They waived their right to be seriously discussed as a hockey team for we'll say five days, and we were I, still in that hill. I was so, so mad because I think care. a previous episode we gave so much love to the Bruins and their start. But look, it's not their fault. It's not the players' th- fault. That's right. The players. It's because I haven't been on since all that. The, the one you know everything. I'm sure you guys covered it ad nauseum. But I I was so encouraged by the response of the players. I, I dude, I've never I, seen where I'm players not, turn on off, their own management in such a public way. Not kidding. I didn't. I mean, this is something Perry is kind of referencing. I didn't talk about it at all. Like I was like, we're not, we're not doing this because the show ran on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Everything had happened all over the weekend. I was like neck you, deep in it. I was neck yeah, deep in it for four days. Words on it. I, I was like, I'm and also Julian and Laz and Ian on the Monday show handled it. Better than I could have, right? They said their piece. I, mm-hmm. I was more than happy to let their words, you know, stand for me. I had no interest in talking about it anymore. Um, but the takeaway, honestly, is that, yeah, the, the Bruins, as the players did as much as you could have reasonably expected from them and more. And it's not their fault. Like, I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not holding those guys responsibly because responsible because Cam Neely acted like an idiot. Or, or Don Sweeney or a combo of the two, whatever happened there, there's more than enough blame to be apportioned and none of it goes to the players. So whatever. I'm I'm done. I'm done talking about Mitchell Miller for for, for the time being. Okay. Probably not so, forever though. <laughs> what's the segue into Lucas's comment about Tuesday Boy slippers? Is there merch? <laughs> uh, you're the I think you're the guy to ask about that. We need a logo, a proper logo. Then there can be merch. Come on, internet. Coming soon to the New York Times store, which is the co- which is the company we work for. Tuesday nope. boys. Uh, you work for the Athletic, right? Sean, which is a New York Times company. Yeah, but like I, I can tell people that I work. For, I mean, I, I sure I like I air quotes scare, scare quotes work for the Athletic, but I work for the New York Times, right? No, that's right. That's what I can. That's what I can tell people. You work for the Athletic, which is owned by the New York Times. Um, but there is no currently any merch. Do you know that, um, you can now like type things into like artificial intelligence and they'll come up with logos. That's what I'm going (laughs) to do. I'm going to do that for the next one. Just say Tuesday boys with three Z's. See what AI comes up with. Hashtag. It's always really good. Uh, oh, that's producer Jeff. I, I actually forgot. That's what, that's what Max said. What? Max said he has Tuesday boys slippers and he's only allowed to wear them when he co-hosts the show. It's a good bit. Is that like contraband uh, clothing and, and merch? Because it's like I used to I, my my um, sister in law Kaylee shout out. She has what are those machines called where you like can print T shirt? There's a th- word for screen that. printing. Like, yeah, but it's like uh, more modern and it, it, like she's ironing things on and stuff. It's not a screen printing machine. Um, oh, uh, she, sorry. 
Sean, don't appreciate the tone. She would, um, she would, uh, she would make me like in the earliest days, like athletic Detroit, like Christmas ornaments to give the staff and athletic Detroit shirts. And it was cool. Illegal. Don't ever tell Adam and Alex about this, but we had a, I was giving out stuff to the staff and people because, um, because we wanted, we were proud of uh, what we were doing and there wasn't merch yet. And now, do you have any leftovers? Can you, can I get a baseball hat that actually fits my head? No, of course not. Shauna M. I love that they refer to Ryan Reynolds as Blink Lively's husband. I hope he does get the group together that buys by the center. Shauna, we just talked about it. So do I. I hope he's involved in one capacity. But of course, he's Blake Lively's husband for, pl- for plenty for plenty of reasons. Maxi, I think it's only right that the good old American boys give a mention of the great American Peter McNabb next week, which is true. We, uh, it, you know, news of P- Peter McNabb's passing. He was a great player and a great broadcaster for the Colorado Avalanche. It had broken around the time we were recording, so we actually we didn't we didn't get into it too far. I loved what Peter Baugh wrote about him mm-hmm. on the site, and it was it was great because it was you know kind of a remembrance of of what Peter McNabb was like as a colleague. It didn't go too far in. I like that Pete copped early on. Like, listen, I didn't know I didn't know him that well. I was like I wasn't around it. All that, all that long, but here's the person that I knew, and I thought it hit all the right notes. So, yeah, uh, you know, peace, peace to his family, and read what Peter wrote because it's because yeah. it's really good. Daryl W. Hey, Americans, Krakener second in the West with 18 points, and the Athletic has nothing to say. Nothing. Keep up the good work. I know this negativity won't garner mention, unlike Max's slippers. Yeah, whatever. We're, we're talking about, we are talking about the crack and there is stuff in the works with the crack. And I'll say that too. There's some things that are, that are going to be coming I out. I told you not to read next, this one, Over the next Sean. couple of weeks. You know the yeah, rules. It's not true. You, you never. I don't know. We don't read them you, until you you've read, down. you've read some absolutely insane shit from these people out loud and taken me, <laughs> taken me by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we could take the good and the bad. It's fine. No, but they're the crack and here, I'll, here's what I'll t- speak personally on this. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I I felt like I we were about to get okie doked by the Kraken again. Like after mm-hmm. what happened last year, I think everybody was prepared for them to be at least more competitive than they were. They get submarined by Philip Grubauer and a lack of top end offensive talent. I was I had had my fill of Seattle Kraken covers because I was like, this is too much to devote to a team that just hasn't shown anything whatsoever from the jump. They stunk out loud from the beginning. Yeah. So, so me personally, I'm not going to expend too much brain power on, you know, talking about Vince Dunn and, and these and these guys who who are who are decent who are decent players, but you know, whatever. Or Vince Dunn. He's he's good. Does, does he's, good. he's he's a he's a fine he's, pl- he's a fine player, but like this was the Kraken's problem, right? Is that they had players like that that were just mm-hmm. a little too much dip on the chip, and you had Maddie Beniers, and you get some, you know, get some increased production from other people they're a lot more interesting now and also like martin jones is, is at least competent and not not com- single-handedly blowing games for them like grubauer was so personally i needed to see something better from them over the course of the first month of the season and they're there they've been good they look really good and they're and they're getting better so whatever we're here, going to seattle. We're here now. i think someone's going to seattle someone is going to seattle someone is going to it's seattle. not it's not me Okay. That's why that's what that's what I alluded to, which is which again, I'm not Why are we talking in code? Like we could probably talk about it, but I don't want to. I don't I want d- it. 
yeah, we don't we don't have to. We it can be it can be. Well, let that person talk. About let it. that. That's not not my business. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, um, I want to read. Can I? You can do mm-hmm. um, Daryl W. If you'd like, I want to respond to Corey E. Um, mm-hmm. Who said Craig's sick again with lots of question marks? <laughs> uh, time for Doctor Gentili to assess Craig's lifestyle choices. I don't think I'm that's sure the Dom dynamic here. <laughs> could run an analytics program on the diet as well. Okay. I'll tell you what, Dom can't. I don't. Dom's no. Dom doesn't. Dom eats <laughs> fucking. Bur- Dom eats like burritos exclusively. Like that dude eats worse than I do. He doesn't know shit about nutrition. I don't know what they're saying about me on the Tuesday show when I'm not here. Because mm-hmm. I don't listen, but <laughs> and I, and I was I never not would. sick. I won't be sick when I miss next week's show. I'm not going to be sick when I miss three out of four in December. I'm working. You're not I, working next week. Is next week is the holiday? Well, that's American Thanksgiving, the real Thanksgiving. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be here either. But I'm gonna be at the baseball winter meetings in December. I've got editors meetings in Nashville with the college football group. This is me working, Corey. I'm not sick. I don't know what Max is saying. Oh, you're sick. You're sick, I work. buddy. I'm the I'm the hardest worker you're of sick. this duo. You're sick in the head. Oh, okay. Sick so. thoughts. So that's Whatever. just I just, I just yeah. felt like I had to stick way up to, for myself. Yeah, way to way to like apologize for for being for being busy. I just what are you saying? You're like, hey, Craig's out on sick leave again. Like you, you know think what? I'm what like, I say what I say on this show when you're not around is none of your business. If you want to, if out. you want to, if, if only there were some way for you to know what's said whenever you're not around. I think I said you had COVID again. <laughs> oh yeah, I was sick for one. I'm pretty in, sure that's, in Corey's defense. I, yeah, it was like COVID. That was really yeah, bad. It was COVID. like ah, I think I was like ah, maybe Craig has COVID again. I don't want to. I don't want to broadcast where you are or what you're doing. No, I appreciate that. Like I don't need people retroact. I was in New York last week. Um, the New York Times building. Stop! Stop not, talking about this. Who this cares? The company that I work for, the Athletic. We, we but work it's, with it's a it's a New York were, Times company. You were at the home office of the company we work for. You walk past the desk. I'm going to defend myself. I don't want people to think I'm just bailing because I'm sick. You got off time. the you got off the elevator. You walk past the desk that they keep for me in that building because again, this is where I work. You walk past Sean until his desk. The company where you work. <laughs> you walk in. You saw. The big yeah, wigs like, there. Send me to Sean Gentili's office. Yeah, That's what I said and, when I walked in, and I was sitting in there, and it could be it, under there was like a like a little a little nameplate on the mm-hmm. door that said Sean Gentili, New York Times senior writer. <laughs> did not, that's where that's that that's where you were. You're talking to David Brooks. We all know Daryl W. Like, By the mm-hmm. way. It's getting close to American Thanksgiving. All right, first of all, Carol, we don't you don't have to give it that. It's just Thanksgiving. It's real Thanksgiving. <laughs> real Thanksgiving. And the Coyotes are sitting in a playoff spot. Is that true? No. Not anymore. Okay. I don't think so. I haven't looked at the standings so well. Legitimately <laughs> ahead of the Wild, the Flames, and the Preds. Mm-hmm. Is the, there a- they strung together some wins last week. That is again, that is uh no longer true. Okay. They are the standings. They are Edm- the top two wildcard teams right now are Edmonton and Calgary with uh, Minnesota, Minnesota behind them. Uh, Arizona doesn't have them beat on points, doesn't have them beat on points percentage. But at one point last week, they were six and six in, in a, in a wildcard spot. That is, that is true. What if, 
Arizona tries to put together the biggest tank job ever and ends up like with the seventh pick and the blues or something get the number one pick. Wouldn't that just be something? Oh, man. No that would be pick to the that Vancouver would be funny. Canucks. That would be funny if like the team that truly one of the least tanky teams in the league is is the Blues. How about that is like if you were to make a list of the teams that were whatever the opposite of tanking is. Yeah. And the teams who were who were who trying were least to win is the opposite to, of tanking if you're if, if you're looking to try, freeze. Who who in the league was trying to win harder than than the Blues? Possibly no, possibly nobody. And they are down there. They're, they're 28th in the league still, even though they strung together some wins. They're not as bad as they're not as bad as as we saw. But that would be that would be amazing. The Blues finish like you know f- fourth and fourth from the bottom and end up ju- end up no. jumping up jumping up to the first pick. Do you think the Coyotes players have like some? They're, they're trying like oh they want us to lose so we're gonna like major league or whatever where they're trying to they have to put together a they have to. I mean, like, why? Like, I why? Would. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. They're not that good. That's the problem. The, like, I'm sure they want to win a whole lot. They're hockey players. That team is horrendous, and they're they're going to rattle off 17 losses in 20 games or something, and then and then the discussion will be moot. They're going to be the worst team in the league by the time this is all said and done. Even though they, God bless them, strung together some wins last week. That roster is a nightmare. It'll all end up where it has to end up. Uh, anything else you want to add before I? Uh, oh my gosh, we get, we get to tease our. Have you um, <laughs> you teased our <laughs> next guest? This is fun. I'm looking at oh my god, producer Jeff forgot about that because we um, haven't ta- we haven't talked to him yet. I'm sure it'll be good. Rob Pizzo, Mike Russo, and Jesse Granger have uh, Tom Fitzgerald of uh, the New Jersey Devils having mm-hmm. a nice little season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna be, that's on the Wednesday show. We're off next week for real Thanksgiving as, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be thankful for all of you and we're going to take a week off. Um, you, know, you know what I'm thankful for? What, Sean? My job with the New York Times. Oh, my gosh. hmm Thanks for giving it to me. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. <laughs> um, our guest, though, that we're recording as soon as we get back from real Thanksgiving is Bobby Holik. We put this together because I think I mentioned it in the Mary, like favorite, favorite person of all time to interview as a kid and producer Jeff, he just picks up these little like hints. He's, I mean, he's trying to get Jeff Tweedy, which says all you need to know <laughs> about producer Jeff. It, and we got a Wilco reference in, if you're wondering, so ring the bell. Um, he just picks up on little comments and says, Oh, all right. And then he reaches out and Bobby Holik says, yeah, I, I don't know if I can talk about anything going on in the game right now. We're like, we don't want to. Bobby. Great. Great. We want to talk about horses, horses, and, and Montana, in weird, in weird <laughs> politics. Let's go in literature and all the things that made Bobby Holik a great interview as a player. And we want to talk about Bobby Holik, who made two hundred seventy-nine million dollars as a player. I did it up. Um, there's some crazy number. There's so much there. It's going to be so much fun. And, he made. Uh, he, what was that? What was that thing where? I, I oh, threw yeah. some line. It, no, it was like Bobby Holik made more in 2004 than Sidney Crosby ever has in, 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 a, in an individual season. Is that, or that is true, right? I believe that's true. Crazy that there was a lockout right after Bobby, that. Bobby, I know. 
Bobby signs that contract and then he gets bought out and then he's making money with the thrash. We're just gonna we're just gonna interview people from the thrashers circa two thousand eight for the next. The good thing months. the good thing about our audience is I think they they're in it regardless of like, clearly clearly they like they like listening to us for some for some unknown reason. Just trust us on Bobby Holik. How about oh, yeah. that? Yeah. If you're like if you're, I mean if, if you're if Rangers you're knows this, it, you're gonna enjoy it anyways, if but if you're the hearing rest this, of you if you're hearing this and you're like, what the hell do I want to hear? Why do I want to hear Bobby Holy speak about anything? Just You do, first of all. Trust us. Yeah. Oh, he's he's great. Yeah, I think remember how last year it was whatever that national team development program squad that that we started, we went down this run of players uh-huh. from. Um I think we go to like Ray Ferrar, like we just go right down the uh Absolutely. Steve coming up next, Steve Ruchin. Andy Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was exactly. Jim Slater, come on Jim down. Slater. Well, Jim Slater's been on. Um, we had Jim Slater. What am I we saying? Had, we had Jim, we Slater, had Jim Slater on. Slater. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so that's so you'll have so like forgive us for taking a week off, but you that will be your reward, dear listener. And it will be good. Also, we're on YouTube. Do you know that? Mm. Um, against mm. our will, I might add. So, yeah. yeah. Who I can't. It's, Really sick that people want to see us talk about the, you and me specifically. Um, they Gross. don't. They barely use. They our really stuff. don't. They, they're like they put the other. These, I think they're more YouTube friendly. The other episodes. Yeah, it's because the hosts. <laughs> yeah, they're not a thousand. Um, but if you want to follow and do whatever you do on YouTube, it's YouTube.com. This is this kid. It's right? true. It Slash is, it, at the hockey yes, show. Yes, it is true. I don't even know. It I is to say that right. The at sign, like at sign. The at, it, it's it doesn't. That looks like a typo. It's not. <laughs> this isn't right. Just, just go to go to go to the Googles and type in YouTube and the Athletic Hockey. But do follow it because you know Julian and Ian and Haley and the rest of them are doing great work on that on that app. Yeah, who's Haley's co-host again? <laughs> I don't know. Um, could be anybody. Does she have really? One? Mm, not a good one also if you could go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review it helps our ratings and our employee reviews i'm sure is that is that true (laughs) yeah shit what i like to do with sean when i do his review (laughs) which i don't think i've ever done you've never done done it no um is i like to go into the rating section of an apple pods and pull out ratings that because they do reference sean a lot of them <laughs> and then uh-huh. I copy and paste, and I'm like, "Here's a sampling of what the world thinks of Sean." And then I see, conclusion needs improvement. And then you deduct money from. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the here's the accompanying drop in salary for the for the two star reviews, mm-hmm. minus six percent. And this <laughs> offer still stands: an annual subscription to the Athletic for just one dollar a month for six Can't months. Can't believe it. When you visit athletic.com/slash hockey show with no at sign in this one and as always you know the hashtag anything else you'd like to add oh i want to thank marion hosa and producer jeff for lining that up mm-hmm. marion for being a magnet of industry and for you for listening <laughs> and for bobby holik for agreeing to be our next guest that's mm-hmm. it for me sean mm-hmm. sounds good thanks for showing up today i was working yeah whatever